Hey there, Arcanites. This is Tim, and I just got my hands on... I'm behind on uh, the packs for the Dream Eaters, but I'm all caught up now, so I did pick up Thousand Shapes of Horror and Dark Side of the Moon. For this particular segment, I will be reviewing the Thousand Shapes of Horror. Um, I'll go through the player cards. I have not looked at them, other than a couple of the spoilery cards that was on FFG's website, but that's all I've really seen, so this is all new. So, uh, again, I'm going through a solo eye lens here, so it's just I primarily play solo, but I'll, I'll point it out to you because I do run a couple campaigns with uh, a couple of my mates, and uh, um, they like seeing some of the spoilery cards too as well. All right, we're going to continue and get to the first card. I just... Open up the pack, and the very first one I'm seeing here is Guardians. It's Tetsuo Mora, too noble for his own good. He ally police, um, two hit, um, two hit, two health, two sanity, uh, three to put out. Uh, you can actually put him in the deck right away if you're starting, so that's good. So you don't have to really work on it for XP front. Uh, for skill, uh, it's for knowledge, so it will give you one knowledge to pitch out. But his stat line is he may be assigned damage and or whore dealt to other investigators at your location. All right, well, not too hot for solo. Uh, great for multiplayer, though. And as a react, because he knew he was too noble for his own good, when he isn't defeated, choose an investigator at your location. That investigator searches either their discard pile or the top nine cards of their deck for an item asset and add it to their hand and shuffle their deck as it was searched. All right, so... There is solo playability for Tetsuo. Uh, I hate the artwork, though. The artwork is just very vanilla. I don't know if he looked like he's crying, weeping, or he's just got a big old dirt smudge on the on the right side of his face. I have no idea what's going on there. It's kind of crazy. But either case, um, I, I do like it. Uh, I don't know if I'll run with this solo. Maybe if I was playing Guardian solo, I would probably do it just because you can put you know, Adam assets and put it back in your hand from the discard pile. So it's got like the little Mr. Rook built-in ability, but I do dig that uh, you can dig through the discard pile because there's really not a lot of cards that let you do that, you know, in this game. So anything you can retrieve back from your discard pile uh, is a boon. I think this is the first one for Guardians that can actually do that. And I'm already thinking here because I got, I'm running a Carcosa campaign with my mates and he, um, one is playing Tommy Maldoon, and I automatically assume, well, maybe if he's short on Becky and he had to discard it or something like that, he can get it back. Or any other, one of those assets that he's sacrificing and pitching, he can get it back. I'm going to have to show this to him. He might dig this. Uh, this looks great for Tommy. So, uh, yeah, not too bad. Good start. All right, another Guardian card. Fool me once. It's insight. It's tactic. I'm thinking Joe Diamond. Uh, it's a one-cost event. Uh, you got to spend one XP to get it into your deck. You can pitch this card for a wild skill pip. It's fast. All right. It's getting better. Play when you would discard a treachery card after resolving any of its effects. Fool me once into play area and attach that treachery to it. Oh, I see what's going on. So as a react, when any investigator draws a copy of the attached treachery card, discard fool me once and cancel the revelation effect. Wow, that's slick. All right, that's real slick. And, and you could really, really play this with Solo, too. I mean, I'm already thinking, because honestly, in my Carcosa, I'm running Joe Diamond, and I'm just thinking I'm putting this in, into a Joe Diamond deck. That 
this week, considering the amount of cards that are coming up. You can stop Ancient Evils, uh, any of the any of the really really nasty treachery cards. Oh, that's a nice one. I do dig this card. Uh, it works for solo and for multiplayer. I mean, I think better for multiplayer because obviously you're drawing more encounter cards, so more treachery cards can come up. But that is awesome. Anytime you can actually say no to the treachery uh, to the uh, mythos cards is is a win in my book. Uh, the art. Uh, this looks like it was a rejected art from uh, forgot <laughs> Forgotten Age. You got your uh, monorary Jack-type-like character and uh, sees some poor schlep just getting shot up with arrows and he sees it. He sees the trap. <laughs> Funny artwork. But yeah, it's another cool card. Wow, we get a third Guardian card. Okay. Uh, this one is self-sacrifice. It's a skill. Uh, no excuse to put it out. Spirit. Commit only to a skill test of any type being performed by another investigator at your location. All right. No solo. All right. So what? So you have to play it on another investigator. All right. So if the test fails, you must resolve all the effects from the failed test instead of, instead of the performing investigator. Then you draw two cards or the performing investigator draws two cards. Yeah, so if you got somebody that really is on the death throes in a multiplayer game, you can step in front of it, and the bonus is that you get to draw two cards. Or you can have that investigator that, uh, on that test, he can draw two cards. So, uh, okay. It, I, it's okay. I, I can see that there's room for improvement on this card. Because, really, this skill... It, it's kind of situational. It doesn't give you... There's no skill pips on this card at all. There's none. So I'm, I'm hoping there will be an upgrade for this self-sacrifice because uh, I think this would really just sit in your... I could be wrong, though, but my first impression, this card's just going to sit in your hand and you got to make sure you're at a location and you got to make sure that person fails that lo, you know, uh, skill test at that location. And then you can step in. So... Uh, and then you have to commit to it first before even uh, it's drawn. So if I'm reading this right, if this test fails, and then you draw two cards, or from investigator draws two cards. Well, reading it this way, I don't think it's a complete loss, but even then, you know, you don't get the skill pip in here. So even if that person passes that test, um, you get to draw two, and, or the investigators can draw two cards. So... It's not like it has to be if you fail, then this happens. Then I know there's a couple survivor cards that does this. Um, but, yeah. Um, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I'm not 100% sold on it. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to willing to bet that there will probably be an upgraded version of this card for sure. We are moving on to the Kluver section. Um, this one is Otherworld Codex. Two XPs to put in your deck. Three cost assets. It is a tome. It is an item. I'm already thinking of Wendy. Uh, put three secrets on this book. And as an action, you can exhaust other work codex and spend one secret. Search the top nine cards in the encounter deck and choose a non-elite card amongst them. Uh, discard a copy of the chosen card from play. Then shuffle all the search cards back into the deck. Oh... I like that. It, a little bit of a uh, mitigation uh, and getting rid of some uh, 
enemies in there. So I, I do see some potential in this card. Oh, and the skills, if you want to pitch it, it gives you one willpower and one knowledge. Uh, and it takes one hit slot. Uh, yeah, uh, I do like it. You know, anytime, again, this kind of indirectly can really mess with the, uh, the encounter deck. And it, 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 the only, the only exception is a non-elite. Okay, fine. There, there's plenty of cards in there that are non-elite that you can actually get rid of. Some of the really nasty ones, like those high willpower tests, treachery cards, or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, I think it's priced accordingly for what it is. Two XPs is not bad. Uh, Got to find a way of putting more secrets on this thing. Definitely, for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad to see Wendy's going to get a little more uh, book action here. So, all right. Not too bad. Dream Enhancing Serum. Three cost asset with no XP. So you can pitch it for one willpower. And a test. Uh, it's an item. It's science. Um, takes a mystic slot. Only the first copy of each card in your hand counts towards your maximum deck hand size. Oh, so if you get multiple, it only counts as one. So that's really weird. That's a trippy one. I mean, I, I guess it would be okay. You know, well, your 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 most of the times your 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 deck is at max two cards, three if they if they're the the myriad. Um. All right, so what? All right, so that's the first part. Second part is as a react. After you draw a copy of the card that's already in your hand, reveal both copies and exhaust it to draw another card. Okay. All right, I, I see it. I see it. It's kind of a weird card. It does a lot, and it does a lot, and then not a lot. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, for those for those investigators that can draw like a lot of cards and stuff like that, okay, I can see the value in this, but uh, I'm not I'm not sold on this one either. Uh, this one's a really weird one. It's kind of very situational, uh, especially to get that second effect off. I mean, you got to have the copy of the card and another one, and you got to show it, and then draw a card. Uh, uh, it's all right. I mean, I'm not gonna kick it out of bed for eating crackers, but I, I can think of some other cards better than this one, though. All right, we're in rogues. Let God sort them out. It's tactics. It's faded. It's a zero-cost event. Uh, you can pitch this card for one fighting. Play only during one of your turns in which you defeated enemies with a total of six or more health. Ugh. All right, six or more health, huh? Play only one of your turns in which you, it's the its the person, it's not collectively as a group, it's you personally dealing six or more points of damage. Add lead gods sort out, sort them out to the victory points playing immediately on your turn. When earning experience during the resolution of this scenario, you earn one additional experience. I, okay, so this is a rogue's way, kind of like the one where um, Mystics has the one card where everyone draws an additional uh, an encounter card. And but you get a victory point for everyone, so that's great. But I know they kind of nerf that, so you can only have two out at any one time, even if you have four players and you're running four mystics, so you can't get all silly on that action. So it's another way here, but man, you got to meet that threshold of six. Uh, meeting a threshold of six like that, that's that's a lot. I mean, you got to hope, you got to hope there's a lot of monsters out or a big monster out, and you know you can take it out. But, you know, the flip side is that you're going to get an XP for it. 
uh, it doesn't cost anything to put in your deck, though. I mean, it's, you can, from the ground up, you can put it in there. But, again, I think it's another situational card that you got to have. you got to deal six or more health points of damage uh, in that turn. So that's that's asking a lot. So, uh, tepid. I'm tepid on this. Cool pose, though. I mean, the guy feels like I'm watching a Resident Evil movie. That's for sure. All right. Next one. Swift Reload. It's tactic. It's a trick. Uh, two XP's put this guy in your deck. Uh, it's a three-cost event. You can pitch this for one agility. Fast. Play during only during your turn. Choose a firearm asset you control with fewer ammo tokens than its uses. All right, so it can't be fully loaded. It's got to you know, be depleted. And then you place ammo on that asset until it has ammo equal to or its uses. Ah, okay. It's pricey, though. It's pricey for what it does, but you can actually, you know, reload weapons. Um, man, I'm thinking like shotgun. You know, think of like those low cost ones where you have like nothing in here. This is this is pretty good. Who who can actually run with like rogue and guardian? I know there's like I know there's one that can do that, or flip flop and vice versa. I think Jenny can. Um, but she's only got the five outside of her class for cards, and even then, they can't be, they have to be level zero. Ah, I'll have to go back and think about that one, but, uh, I like it. I like for what it does. It is pricey, but then again, it, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, scrambling for another asset card, so it's a good way to reload, and it's fast, so it doesn't eat up a turn, so I guess it's priced accordingly, you know, for three, uh, for doing it, so if you're really big into firearms, yeah, I can see the potential on it. Uh, oh man, Pro gets a third one. All right, third card, Gregory Gry. It's a muckraker. Uh, he's an ally, one health, two sanity. It's a three cost asset. You can pitch him for a skill test for one knowledge. Uses he has nine resources on him. Okay, so what does the nine resources do? As a react, when you initiate a skill test, spend up to three resources from him. If this t test succeeds by that amount, you gain that many <laughs> resources. This is like a little mini gambling card. He's ally, criminal, and dreamer. Yeah, but what happens if it doesn't succeed? Does it Does it just go away? Huh. Eh, the flavor text. Long before he was ever dealt his first hand, the boy was able to stare man down and discern the meaning behind his bets. Well, that's good because he's reading you, but I don't know if you can read him. Because what happens if you succeed by that? I, I guess you will have to play the small game, honestly, just to make out on it. It's like a little mini gambling game for this guy. It feels like I'm playing Final Fantasy VII with, like, you know, those mini games in 8 and 10? It feels like that. So I probably wouldn't, like, go all in on 3. Yeah, you would have to play the, the short game with this guy to do that. And even then, I don't know, I mean, he's not that amazing on the stat line, one one and two, and honestly, with rogues, rogues don't have a hard time getting money, especially if you're, like, playing Jenny, or even, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Millionaire. Um, it, I'm okay with it. Uh, it just feels like it's a mini-game to me with him. Uh Man, this arc is really lacking. Some of this artwork is just not with it. I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. Feels rushed. All right, we're going to Mystics. Healing Words. It's a two-cost asset. Uh, takes a Mystic slot. 
You can pitch this for one willpower. Uh, it's zero XP. It's a spell. Alrighty, spell healing. Sounds like you can heal some damage, and that's exactly what it is. You put three charges on it as an action. Spend a charge, heal one damage from an investigator at your location. Um, nothing fancy, nothing flashy. Yep, heal. There you go. That that's all you need to do. Flavor text is you don't necessarily trust the occult words, but you have no other choice. That's all it is. Uh, so if they ever put out the doctor and he happens to be a mystic class, bam, bonus. Uh, what is that? Who's that? I think his name is Lee. I think Lee is the doctor, and that's L E E. Uh, but yep, that it is what it is. Uh, I can't fault it. I mean, I mean, for those uh, that take damage with the willpower and have a lot of trade off, yeah, it's just a it's just an option for a mystic that can actually heal. Um. That, that one smells like it's going to have, you know, an XP upgraded car one way or another. Ethereal Form. It's a spell. This is a one-time shot, though. Two-cost event. You can pitch it for a willpower and one agility. It's an evade. You can add your willpower value to your skill value for this invasion attempt. If you succeed, you disengage from each other enemy engaged with you. And for the remainder of the round, you are Ethereal which means enemies cannot engage or be engaged with you, and you cannot attack or deal damage to enemies. <laughs> it's not like the card, I, I get the hell out of here. It's like, yeah, 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 you're not bothering me this round. So if you ever play like Love Letter, it feels like a handmaiden. It's like, I can't deal anything with you, but you're not doing anything with me for this entire turn. Uh, but the cool thing, too, about it is like you can uh, disengage from everything. So you pick out the, the, the lesser enemy if you're really getting ganged up on. But, yeah, and then that, uh, it's not really, it is very mystic for what it does, but uh, I could think of other choices for the, for this, like the Mist of Relay that do this. I mean, this, I wouldn't say necessarily situational. It, it, I feel like this is like, oh, if I'm getting ganged up, here it is. I'm going to throw this down. Uh, yeah, and it's the first time I actually saw where they says, yeah, you are ethereal. So, interesting. All right. We are at Survivors. Uh, Scrounge for Supplies. It's Fortune. It's a zero-cost event. It doesn't give you anything for skills um, um, bonuses. Uh, choose a level zero card in your discard pile and add that chosen card to your hand. You pry it out of your the corpse's hand. It's not like he's going to complain. <laughs> I love the Survivor cards, man. They can always get the cheeky flavor text. This, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's cold-blooded even the artwork's just cold-blooded it's like oh just take this gun from this dead man's hands oh <laughs> uh, it's just a level zero though but you know with survivors and stuff like that uh yeah you can dig up some level zero stuff from there. you can pull out resourceful um you can pick out a lot of stuff on there um to do that it's just another way for you to dig in your discard pile which is survivors already have a, a, a an all right handle on uh, but this is just another way of getting stuff. So, yeah, I, I dig it. I'm surprised it doesn't show like it's just like it, it can only be an item or anything like that. It's like any level zero card. So, um, I think this would be great early on, early on. But this this would be like a, a setup for an upgrade later on. Not necessarily with this card, but for it just feels like a stage. It's not like you're not going to keep a flashlight forever. You're going to move on bigger and better things. This is what I feel for this. But it's a good starting card, especially if you're starting a campaign. Ah, that quote kills me. It's not like uh, it's not like the uh, cherished keepsake, but it's close. All right. Last one for survivors. Bruce, brute, Bruce, Bruce, not Bruce Willis. Brute 
force. It's a skill. Uh, you need one XP to put this skill into your to your deck. Uh, the skill will give you plus one fighting. You can only commit one of these to a skill test. It's innate. It's developed. While brute force is committed during a basic fight action, it gains plus two fighting and the text if this test test is successful by two or more this tech deals plus two damage man all right well, if it says basic fight action i'm going to assume you can't use items with this it, it's just like well, i got nothing else going on here we go but he's gonna be thrown with plus three plus three Ooh. plus three if you know you're not playing with any weapons and stuff like that and certain survivors are, are like that yeah I could put that in Ash Can with no problem because I don't think I'm really running any weapons. If you were like listening there, I have a couple machetes, but not like this to do anything. I mean, I wouldn't mind this give you the plus three. I mean, it's way better and it, it, it'll deal three wounds. So, uh, yeah, I like it. All right, so the last one. This is a neutral card. We haven't had a lot of these in a while, but this one was already spoiled, and I know people are already talking about this one. Versatile, it's an asset, it's talent traded, two XP to put it into your deck. It's permanent, so it's already going to sit out you know, every game. You get plus five to your deck size, so you get to add more cards. Your investigator deck building options gain one of the other level zero cards from any other class. So you choose a class, and you can build off of that, but it's just level zeros. Unassuming doesn't mean that you're unprepared. Yeah... Yep, this just opens up a lot to a lot of investigators. And you increase your max size. So if you really are not digging that 30-card threshold, now I wouldn't necessarily want to do this with Mandy Thompson with her crazy 40, 50-card builds. But, yeah, if you need a little more something in there to dilute some of those weaknesses, yep, there is a lot of talk going on with this one. And I think, honestly, this card can have a whole discussion all on its own. And people can just talk about what would they do with certain investigators. I might do that in a podcast episode sometime just to take versatile and who what investigator would really 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 benefit from from this card uh yeah it looks really really good i dig it i like it i, I liked it when they spoiled it anyways there was already talk about this if you're like listening to mytho buster and drawn to the flame they were already talking about this card and yes um um there are a few good cards i think guardians really got the biggest boost uh up there um i do like a couple of the survivor cards that were shown but versatile i think it was cream of the crop mystics uh, wasn't i wasn't feeling the mystics in this pack at all but versatile i mean that's that's the whole pack if you're if you're gonna buy any packs and you need to beef up your player cards it's probably gonna be that one versatile especially especially if you just own like two core sets and you just put this pack in here and not even deal with the scenario just that Ugh, this just opens up a lot of things in game. It just does. I mean, I, I can't say anything more about it. I mean, it's just it's just that good. So, all right. So we're done with the a thousand shape of horse. There's a couple tidbits I wanted to mention next, and I did post it in the show notes. Uh, FFG has been going through a lot of restructuring. So a few days ago, they announced. Um, 
that fun, well, actually, Fantasy Flight Games really never announced it. It was actually a developer on Fantasy Flight Interact- Interactive put it on LinkedIn saying that him and, and his group for a Fantasy Flight Interactive are going to lose their jobs at the end of the month. Um, I, I think it's like 15, 17 employees. So for what Fantasy Flight Interactive does is they've only done one thing from to my knowledge, and they put out the fan, uh, Lord of the Rings card game that's out on Steam, Xbox, so on and so forth. It, it's kind of like a Hearthstone-y, watered-down approach to Lord of the Rings, the card game. And it stumbled out of the gates kind of badly. Uh, they did try to fix around with it, but I didn't see a lot of support going on with it. Like, their adventure packs were coming out too far, few in between. Uh, there was a lot of glitches going on with it. And then, I think, finally, Final Fantasy... Final Fantasy... Fantasy Flight Games says, well, we're just going to wrap it up and close it. Now, the other bit uh, of that news, too, is I'm seeing reading on Reddit that also they're talking about uh, stopping their RPG line. So, like their Genesis project that they're working on. Uh, I don't know if this is going to include the Star Wars RPG or anything else like that, but um, those guys or gals are going to be out of a job as well. Okay, sure. All right, so they might outsource that. Okay, that... That's fine. It sucks. And my heart goes out to them. I mean, for losing their jobs. I'm going to spin it up here a little bit after that. Two to three days before the layoffs were unofficially announced, if anyone's following Marvel Champions, uh, two packs were unofficially, I don't know if they got a, fell off a boat in China or something like that. Somehow they got packs on and spoiled Black Widow and Doctor Strange. And usually with Fantasy Flight in general, they never make, they never, ever, ever, ever make like this kind of thing before. Ever. I mean, I mean, it's always a, it's always official. They'll they'll put it out on Instagram or Facebook or on their main page, um, on their main site, stating that the the the, the spoilery aspect of it. Okay. This is my feeling. This is my thought on what went down. Those packs went for an exorbitant amount of money. Doctor Strange, not so much. I think it went only for like $25. But then people started talking about it. And honestly, when news gets around, Black Widow had one pack available, went for almost $200, $300. That's a lot for a $15 pack. Okay, and everyone's like, well, I wonder if it was legit and whatnot. I, I guarantee you those are legit, and here's why. Because of those layoffs that happened, and I it really does suck that it's happened, I was like, hmm, makes sense now. If you're working at any major company, you're probably going to be involved in some sort of aspect in other games. So if you were doing Lord of the Rings LCG, they might have used that as a testing ground for other LCG games, such as Marvel, maybe L5R, so on and so forth. I'm thinking once management got wind that that happened and they did tell maybe a couple of their close co-workers on it, they went like this. They had a couple of those packs and they're like, I got to make money, got to make ends meet, drop it. Sell it that, the way it is. Now, I posted on on the Marvel Champions uh, uh, group page on Facebook, and man, one dude went all over on me on it and saying that it's like that's not it. It's like it's like maybe it just fell off the chain supply. Okay, if it fell off through third party, and I work directly with third party stuff for a bank. Okay, who? in their right mind, would actually go ahead and do that and then sell it. And that would break an NDA. And on top of that, if you're breaking an NDA, you're going with one of the major, major companies called Disney. 
you're going to really tick off Disney. It, 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 came, it came together. I said, I get it. I mean, the poor person that lost their job or going to lose their job at the end of the month, they've got to make ends meet, got to sell it. I get it. I get it. You do what it takes to survive, man. But he's like, no, that's not the way it is. And it's so funny how people are so blind and trusting on that stuff. And they just didn't see it for what it is. Now, I'm on my soapbox on this. And, and again, it really does suck that they did lose their jobs. But they just don't see the picture on it. And on top of that, too, and I think this is why I gravitate more with Arkham Horror in general, is because the fan base there. It's not judgy. It's not preachy. It's not as big as Marvel because, obviously, with Marvel, you it's a major license. You're going to have thousands upon thousands of people playing this game. I understand that. But with more people comes more toxicity. And I don't get that with Arkham. Now, rest assured, honestly, I'm sure Arkham, um, that's it's their moneymaker because they're not paying for an IP. It's all built in-house. I mean, I'm sure it's one of their big moneymakers right now. <clears throat> and to a point... Uh, LTR, which, you know, for LTR, they did announce, and I'm kind of glad they did that. They are going to have some closure that they're going to wrap LOTR, the card game, in 2020, the physical card game. So in that way. So when when that happened, you know, when those packs released, you know, it, it this is not what Fantasy Flight does. They would do that with a, a YouTube live session or something like that, and it, it just blew up. And so right now, I think Arkham's fine, Okay. Don't get me wrong. I think Arkham's fine. I mean, that Arkham's going to stick around for at least a couple more cycles. Uh, they they got a lot. They got a lot going on. But right now, FFG is very very. They're they're regressing, and I don't know if it came because what five six years ago, Asmodee bought them out, and I know Asmodee has been looking for buyers for themselves uh, to buy them out. So I don't know if is they're just trying to reduce cost. Or anything like that, because you kind of saw it in 2019 that FFG was reeling back on some of the expansions and stuff like that. Uh, came to mind it was probably Arkham Horror, the third um, third edition card game, because they lost a developer there and they had to hold out. And I think they had some stuff in the wings, but I think FFG had to put the brakes on it because they were just pumping out too many expansions and they were thinking maybe they were doing quantity over quality. I don't know because I haven't played The Dead of Night yet uh, for the board game. But uh, it's right now, the last couple weeks, it's just not painted a pretty picture between that and the packs. And on top of that, too, just two days ago, it was announced that um, Star Wars Destiny is done. Well, at least Fantasy Flight actually went ahead and said, yep, we're done. Close it. It's a wrap. Okay. My thoughts on Destiny. All right. I don't think it ever caught up after that first set. After the demand was so high and people were just gobbling up that stuff. On top of that, you had brick and mortar stores just putting limits on there. It almost felt like, just for that two and a half weeks, it felt like a Pokemon craze where you had to put a pack limit on it and stuff like that. It was just that ridiculous. And on top of that, too, some of the brick and mortar stores were just cranking up the prices just to make a quick buck on it. But then after that happened, uh, there was nothing. There really was nothing. So when you went third party, you were paying over two, three, four hundred dollars for a box of this product. Um, I don't think they ever recovered from that because honestly, with with gamers in general, man, that was the hot thing. But you know what? If you, if you're not keeping it current, f- uh, flush and fresh, they're going to move on to the next thing. It's just it's just the nature. It is, especially with gamers in general. It's just the way I see it. Um, I, I'm glad that you know at least. 
FFG announced, like, yep, the, after their last set, they're done. They'll have a championship in May, and they'll call it wraps. Um, yeah, there's a couple of rumors roaming around that the, the, the dice, while the dice are pretty, I, I heard they were very, very pricey for what they are, even at the price point of 5 bucks. So... Um, sorry to see that happen too as well, but I think this is not the end of it. I think there's going to be more changes with FFG. It's just something you have to keep watch out on. Um, well, until then, uh, I'll post up on Hot Topic. Yeah, Arkham Horror t-shirts. Go ahead and Google that. Pretty interesting stuff. Until then, I will holler at you guys later.